0: Welcome to The Liturgist Podcast. You are now listening to Black History is American History. I'm William Matthews. Hey, I'm Propaganda. I'm Nikki Black. And I'm Andre Henry. Today's moment in Black history, Malcolm X.
1: El Haj Malik El Shabazz, better known as Malcolm X, was born May 19, 1925. Was an American. Muslim minister and human rights activist who was popular figure during the civil rights movement. He's been called one of the greatest and most influential African-Americans in history. Born Malcolm Little in Omaha, Nebraska, he spent his teenage years living in a series of foster homes following his father's death and his mother's hospitalization. Little engaged in several illicit activities to say it nicely and was eventually sentenced to 10 years in prison in 1946 for larceny and breaking and entering and back then he was known as detroit red due to the reddish hue of his hair and fair skin in prison he joined the nation of islam and changed his name to malcolm x because he later wrote little was the name of the white slave master and it had been imposed upon him via his paternal forebearers After being paroled in 1952, he quickly became one of the organization's most influential leaders. During the civil rights movement, Malcolm X served as the public face of the controversial group for dozens of years, where he advocated for black empowerment, uh, the separation of black and white Americans, and rejected the notion of the civil rights movement for its emphasis on racial integration. His rejection was mainly based on the idea that African-Americans will never actually be treated fairly in the eyes of white America. He expressed pride in some of the social achievements he made with the nation, particularly his free drug rehabilitation program. In the 1950s, Malcolm X endured surveillance from the Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI, for the nation's supposed link to communism. In the 1960s, Malcolm X grew disillusioned with the Nation of Islam, and in particular their leader, Elijah Muhammad, expressing many regrets about his time with them, which he had come to regard as largely wasted. He instead embraced Sunni Islam. Malcolm X began to advocate for racial integration after completing a Hajj, which is a pilgrimage, whereby he also became known as El Hajj Malik El Shabazz. After a brief travel across africa he notably repudiated the nation of islam and founded the muslim mosque inc and the organization of afro-american unity to emphasize pan-africanism throughout 1964 his conflict with the nation of islam intensified and on february 21st 1965 he was assassinated by three of its members And one of the most iconic movie lines: "Get your hand out my pocket!" <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, that movie was iconic.
0: With
2: movie, the one with Denzel Washington. Amazing. Yeah, yeah, one of my favorite movies, and that particular that scene, yeah, is one of the best. It's some of the best acting. I mean, Angela yeah. Bassett, yeah, as Betty Shabazz, is just like amazing. So, um. For me, Malcolm X is, like, a huge figure for me. I have read the autobiography of Malcolm X several times. Really? And, yeah, it's one of my favorite books. I just love him because um, when we think about, like, challenging authority, but not just authority, like, socially, but also, I think, intellectually and academically. Yeah. This Mm -hmm. was an incredibly intelligent man, just agile quick-witted, like very, very intelligent, sharp and didn't go to college, could out-debate yeah. everybody and just well-read and he was just so impressive. He was just so excellent. Um, so that's one of the things that struck me about him as a child when I was learning about him. He's he's one of my favorite historical figures. Yeah. He's one of my mm-hmm. favorite ancestors, social mm-hmm. ancestors.
1: My father, uh, this was one of my assigned readings. My dad used to assign books. He's child of a Panther, you'd get this stuff. So like mm-hmm. he Malcolm X autobiography it was like, I'm a seventh grader, you know what I'm saying? Like reading this <laughs> super heavy lifting stuff, right? But I, I think for me, like he embodies such the double consciousness to me the most of hmm. what like Du Bois talks about in that him coming from the streets and like, you know, and a little fun fact about him being Detroit Red, not being mixed with Chicago Red, which is Red Fox, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but him having that high academy understanding mm-hmm. coupled with it, the experience of prison and streets that he doesn't right. deny that part of him, but integrates it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. And to me, it was like you know, understanding both of these things and seeing them both as valuable pieces of intelligence mm-hmm. in being able to advocate, express, and, and actually change a culture. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. oh, I want to change the culture. Like, no, he did though, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, so like that, and I, I, for me, it was that. It was like this value of both of these like knowledge bases mm-hmm. integrated into one You know what I'm saying, and then and then the agility to like to admit he was wrong. That's another thing that you don't see for him to be like. You know what? I was led astray. I know what I was talking about. I was on the right path, but Mm -hmm. I had to pivot. You 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 make that pilgrimage to Mecca. You see all these other non-black people. You know (laughs) you're just like that. Wait, this is not a narrative because the Nation
0: of Islam was its own type of Islam or sect from Islam. Yeah, some argue. You know, a not type Islam of bl- at all. Some argue yeah. it would be
1: like this isn't Islam at all, but like I'm not, I'm not Muslim to be able to make that argument. You right. Yeah. But, but that yeah.
0: that transformation for him was going from kind of a black separatist uh, view into some type of, I don't know if it was racial unity. I don't know if that's the way to describe no. How, it. No.
3: That's what I'm saying. Like some of the stuff that we read, like just kind of says plainly, like he advocated for racial integration, and I'm like trying to like, was it like that clear and that strong that now he was like saying no, we need to integrate, or was he just saying? Yeah. You know, I thought white people. At one point, I was saying white people were the devil, and I'm not. I'm not gonna say they're the devil no more.
1: I, that's what it seemed like to me. He came back going, "I saw we could live in harmony." Yeah. I used to think we couldn't live in harmony. I went over across the world and I saw we could. Mm-hmm. So maybe we could do it. I but like you said, before I left, <laughs> thought y'all was from another planet. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
2: I
0: think what was interesting about him was, like you said, his his ability to speak. He was so... it was so profound. He also had swag. Yeah. Like he was he was black cool, the definition of yes. black cool, and was preaching black empowerment to people, you know, and his critique of Christianity, his critique of even Martin Luther King, right? And and what he believed to be the passivity of, you know, civil disobedience and the nonviolent movement was was really radical in stark contrast to kind of the humble approach, though King was radical, but like the way it came across. I think to a lot of Black people, seemed like didn't adequately meet the white supremacy that was at their door.
2: Right, right, and yeah, he challenged the status quo on so many different levels. I mean, he was just, he was street. Yeah, he, and I he think he true. doesn't.
1: He don't at least among Black people we know, but the amount of influence he actually had on Martin Luther King, like I think he don't get mm-hmm. credit for. It. Like mm-hmm. he actually influenced him a lot, yeah, and made King kind of come home and go, wait a minute now. <laughs> My brother might be on to something. You know what I'm, like, you I'm not all the way there, but wow. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's a model to me of like how we should be dialoguing among ourselves also. Like they clearly had a deep respect for each other. Yeah, yeah. But, very but very different ideologies. Very different ideologies. Yes.
3: We have to remember that Malcolm X and Doctor King ideologically were moving toward each other. Yeah. yeah. By the time they died. Yes. So that's why I, I asked the question like I always have to second guess when someone just like states flatly that Malcolm X became an integrationist by the time he died. Mm. I don't I don't see that. But he at least was like, well, maybe y'all not the devil, you know, yeah, uh, with white people. And Dr. King near the end of his life is going, maybe we're integrating into a burning house, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're they're moving toward one another. And I think that we also this is also goes toward the whitewashing of Dr. King yeah because dr king was talking you know he wanted to talk more about black empowerment uh especially black black masculinity near the end of his life but people Mm -hmm. were saying no you're the civil rights guy you know you're the you're the uh black and white together we should not be moved guy you know and so that's also a part of dr king that gets yeah that gets like kind of erased and we also have this part of Malcolm X that gets erased too. Where he is, like, and he
0: gets demonized in history.
3: Oh my gosh. The way yes. that people will try to use Malcolm X's name to shame black activists who are speaking boldly is like evidence of this. You know, yeah. he's, he's entirely demonized.
1: Yeah. And it's funny. Cause it's like, you say, uh, Dr. King was for nonviolence. The like assumption would be, so you're saying that Malcolm X advocated for violence. Right. And that's not what he was saying. What he was saying was like, it's on the table. Is that like <laughs> well, that, was, that <laughs> was the phrase by any means
0: necessary? Right. Yeah, he's
1: like, listen, man, I want. I. You, it's not like he was saying, go out and kill Whitey. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Exactly. It's like, it's how they're. Exactly. No, what he's saying is, like, I will carry a gun and you're not going to enter my home. Right. right. If somebody
2: put their hands on if you. Somebody put, you put their your hands, hands, hands on me. I'm on me. Them.
1: Yes. Right. Like, so it wasn't, so it's not like this, like you said, this like foil for each other. Right. Like, like he was all peace, he was all war. No, he was just saying, like, no. Nah there is a time that I will defend myself.
3: Which mind you, like most white Americans would agree with if they were talking about other white people, right? Like there's not a question when we start talking about the second amendment, you know, among many white people, white Americans that like, oh yeah, you're gonna defend your house. You're gonna defend your family, all that kind of stuff. We only start having that conversation about who's gonna respond to oppression and stuff nonviolently when we start talking about what black people can
2: do for their freedom. So true. Well, yeah, then the NRA starts, you know, uh, changing laws, Mulford or, Act yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, in California, <laughs> yeah. The thing is that I think we as humans are so, especially in this society, are so invested in the good, bad binary, and mm-hmm. we want to be able to neatly pack someone into a category without understanding or embracing nuance mm-hmm. and understanding that every individual has good aspects and or so-called good because Mm -hmm. that's also a judgment Mm -hmm. or something that we can judge as bad or categorize as bad or um most of us would and so the reality is that these two figures i think possess ideologies and lots of practices and potential that all of us have Mm. it's just that it's easier to understand or access a person um, if we say, you know, that this person is good and they are for integration and they are for unity and progress, and this other person is anti, also, you know, white people want to feel oppressed and <laughs> yeah. want to feel bullied so bad, want to just be so. Malcolm X was perfect for that. Like, look, can you sing? You know,
1: we're- <laughs> well, yeah. Well, what about? what well, I mean, he's saying,
2: it's like, all right. like, okay, dude. Yeah,
1: I think
3: that white America insists on getting the benefit of the doubt, and yeah. that's what's in their frame. It's saying, yeah. like, you know, is the idea of white innocence. And so, since Dr. King held that wide open, mm-hmm. they're like, oh, he's good. Yeah. uh yeah. but people who are deeply suspicious of white America yeah. and and cynical about white America, they're like, oh no, 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 they're bad, right? Um, and that's also why we don't talk about Dr. King's cynic- cynicism about white America by the end of his life, Yeah, <laughs> you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, talking about pivoting, like, you know, I'm giving, I'm giving Malcolm X the crown for being willing to pivot. Like, right. Dr. King pivoted too, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> be like, man, like, like you said, like integrate, that's his phrase, right? Integrating yeah. into yeah. a burning that's house. that's That's his phrase. Like, man, this, I don't know if, if I really want to go yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: and i think that you know we have to hold that we have to hold all of that in context when we talk about malcolm x because like the stuff that y'all were saying like he my one of one of my favorite quotes from malcolm x is if a man puts his hand on you send him to the cemetery yeah mm-hmm. and you know if you're not thinking in context and you're just like oh wow that's kind of extreme but imagine i mean like
1: at the time yeah you don't not at all this but, isn't 1962 fam like, yeah, if like it was 1962 that is the most logical yeah magic. it is lo- yes. it is a logical thing to do
3: and to me i just see malcolm x just saying we are americans too
1: yeah mm-hmm.
3: these white americans would by any means necessary defend themselves and he appeals to the same tradition it's interesting dr king and malcolm x are both appealing to american like ideology yeah. american traditions malcolm x is just saying listen like Uh, y'all applaud Patrick Henry when he says, "Give me liberty, give (laughs) "Give me liberty or death." I'm just saying it's on the table. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Right, right. I think these two figures too are just incredible. You mentioned archetypes, but I think specifically for black masculinity, Mm. and so I can't really think of two black men that are. The most accessible, I mean, obviously we can, you know, list off of a, a Baldwin or a Thurgood Marshall or, mm-hmm. you know, we can list all of these Black men throughout history, but I think that Malcolm and Martin were just these figures that so many people, so many Black men have gravitated toward and really, you know, just embrace a lot of, a lot of their swagger.
1: Yeah.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of Black History is American History.